I had to pull out my Christmas stuff. And uh, in, in order to get to that, I had to dig out all my G.I. Joe stuff, like all the new purchase, all the classified stuff. And I, <laughs> I made sure to do it before my wife got home. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the classified stuff right now has literally regurgitated itself all over yeah. my room. Just... It filled the living room, and I was like, oh, shit. I've been, I've been tucking it away all this whole year. And now I was like, oh, fuck. everybody welcome to what's on joe mind special edition number 80 i think it's number 80 i don't know i i misca- I miscounted the the last one so i i if, if going by the numbers we got there are right and maybe they are and maybe they're not it's a bit of a coin flip uh special edition 80 i'm your host mike, right i'm your host mike irisari joining me here in the top row tonight our comic ex- comic book expert Racktime rob and and in the bottom row, by his lonesome, in the guest row, where he can be easily removed from the show. <sighs> you know him as the host of the Joe on Joe podcast. Joe Slepsky is back with us. Thank you. They never they never did that to the center square. No, oh, well, I mean, they never they never xed him out of the show. That's a logistic nightmare. Yeah. That's true. That is true. The whole hey, thing. Hi, hi guys. Thanks for having me on. Hello, hello. I mean, if you were as as locked down dynamite entertainment as Mr. Paul Lind was, there would be no threat knocking you out of the Paul Lind, uh, spoiler alert, spoilers, biggest spoilers, is the vocal uh, is the vocal inspiration for uh, any project that I work on that we do that has Xandar. Yes, <laughs> Xandar is Paul Lind, and that is a hundred percent on purpose. And the idea is that it is he is just he is Paul Lind. Rob's so I, so I appreciate the reference. Rob is laughing at that like he did not listen to GI Columbo, <laughs> <laughs> which which is hurtful. Frankly, it's hurtful. Good, excellent. Yeah, there we go. See now now, now I'm in the bottom. <laughs> I'm in the Nipsey Russell seat if it's match game. Oh, I love you're, match game. You're what's on Joe Mind's poet warrior. or Ooh, you know that gives me. Oh, that gives me a good idea. Maybe we do an episode of Match Game with G.A. Joe. Or, you know what? If it's pre-Match Game, that's the Richard... If it's pre-Family Feud, that's the Richard Dawson scene. Oh, maybe we do. I, oh, okay. I'm thinking oh, now. Because oh, I, I have an idea that's... the Charles Nelson Riley square? Well, I ha- well, it depends on who's, who's CNR. It's whoever CNR is, is actually as a uh, as a Joe member. Sure. Sure. We, we would have to cast CNR as a Joe member. But yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, all right. My brain spinner. I had a similar idea that did use a game show, uh, but I, but that's still in the hip match pocket. Game. I don't want to say what that is. But but you say match game. I'm a longtime match game fan. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, beautifully and bad television. Like if we do it, it would have to be like GI Joe, GI Joe, Cobra, 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 whatever, and Richard Dawson. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah somebody's got it. Or maybe CNR. Maybe it's just yeah. and CNR. And CNR is just the one normal Charles, dude. Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really you could you could cast Richard Dawson. You could make him the shipwreck square or, or yeah. the shipwreck spot there. Telling <laughs> <laughs> off-color jokes, openly drinking. That sounds the, like that. The running man. <laughs> <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> No meat potato salad. <laughs> I, obviously, I, I, I was used to watch Richard Dawson on uh, Family Feud, but then like seeing him in Running Man was one of my earliest movie, you know, like memories of like awesome movie things. And all I wanted to know is why wasn't Dawson in more awesome movies? Yeah. You know, like not knowing about what greatest he was, a Great Escape, right? And um, Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's oh, that's right, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. But like not knowing that part of his career, I was just always like. Richard Dawson is the greatest actor of our generation in Running Man. Why is he not in every movie? Has he acted before? Yeah. I yeah. Know. Like oh, right. Like oh, wait, what's he was that? What? What? <laughs> that was the question coming out of Running Man. Was that he was so good in that movie? Yeah. Everybody was looking around, going, "Why doesn't he do more movies?" Yeah. And the I, answer, from what I saw on a, on a documentary about him, the answer was he didn't want to. Yeah, he was just too so, busy enjoying life, right? They just, yeah, he just. He, couldn't couldn't necessarily be bothered, but he saw somehow saw the script for the Running Man and decided, oh, what the hell, this will be fun. And, it it and was, was perfect. Right. Yeah, it's perfect for him. Absolutely perfect. One hundred percent correct that he made that movie. It's so good. Well, I think probably after Family Feud, he didn't have to work, so it was like you know, no, Ima- no. So w- imagine how good that movie would have been in 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 like a in like a Verhoeven, the hands of of like Paul Verhoeven. You yeah. know, because you hear about some of the behind the scenes stuff and the, like how they switched directors and they ended up going with Starsky and Hutch or whatever. And it was very like TV budget. Like right. that. I love that movie. It's so good. It could have been like all timer. Yeah. It was probably a couple of years too soon. Yeah. For what they wanted to create there to make it look really good. Mm-hmm. Like if that, if that movie, it was in 1987, if it had come around in like 93, 94, they probably could have pulled it off really, really well. But yeah. I, I just don't know if it was there in 1987. But, I mean, Jesse, the body's great in it. Everybody's great in it. Clarence Clemens, the big man. Clarence Clemens is in that movie? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, he, he, no. He's the guy with the flamethrower. No, he's yeah. not. Yes. I'm yes. an avowed Springsteen fan. That is not Clarence Clemens. Okay. Whatever you say, Joe Fletcher. Wait a minute. Are you serious? I think so. I know, uh, no. So I'll I'll edit out the part where Joe looks this up on IMDb. No, well, Jim Brown was fire. You talking about Jim Brown? Jim Brown's not fireball. Yeah. No way is that. Jim, no way is that Jim Brown. It's Jim Brown. No way. Yes. It's definitely not Clarence Clemens. <laughs> Yeah, Jim Brown is Fireball. Mick Fleetwood was the uh, head of the resistance. That's crazy. I forgot about that. And I remember Dweezil Zappa. Right. Yeah, Fireball. Jim Brown. I was thinking of him as... Oh, wait. No, I'm putting him in the Yafit Koto. Yeah, no, yeah. Yafit's one of the one of the runners. Right. And then Jim Brown was the had the big white hair streak. 
right? Uh, I well, Jim, Jim Brown, Brown always Jim, Jim Brown always thinks of him, always just thinks of himself as the greatest football player of all time. God blessed, he, you know, cleverly ignoring Walter Payton. Mike I, I don't know. I Mike mean, he's one of those guys who's got a case. He's got a case, but Mike drop. So we're back in rack time. So Rob. Joe. Oh. <laughs> rack time. Rob is incorrect. Jim Brown was fireball in the running. Wow, he's doing a doing a damn straight on like Clarence Clemens impersonation. I, I bet. I bet Jim Brown was an awesome saxophone player too. Because I'll tell you what, if, if he could hit those keys this, with the ferocity, he hit the hole. Then yeah, he probably. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many ruined saxophones. Yeah. I'm the greatest. Breaks, breaks Springsteen's leg every night on stage. Just runs right through him. I got to get to my solo. I'm the greatest segue in the business for a reason, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason we called you here tonight, here in special edition number 80. A um, couple weeks ago, we got G.I. Joe number 300 from IDW Publishing, the last issue of G.I. Joe in under the IDW umbrella. Sky point. Uh, right. A couple days afterwards, uh, young Mr. Slepsky got a hold of me and said, hey, as opposed to your dad, right? Yeah, it's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. The likelihood of my dad reaching out to you, well, first of all, having an opinion on GHO 300. Second yeah. of all, reach, reaching out to talk, want to talk about it publicly. Right. With someone who is not his son who has well, a podcast uh, yeah, you never know that one you never know uh you know my dad who famously won you yeah, one time god bless I, I love my dad but uh early days like early 2000s we were talking about google and you know like it was new to everybody and uh we could swear i always ask we could swear here right yes turns to the dinner table as we were talking about yeah i looked you up on google and saw you know stops he goes who the fuck put me on google Why am I on the Googles? Yeah, we all went, we all went, we all went, uh, I don't know. It's a good question, I guess. <laughs> he goes, I don't want to be on Google. Give me the fuck off Google. <laughs> I get to see him, like, <laughs> trying to get himself off the internet, like, Ron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. It's exactly it. That's a, he's, a, he's an outdoorsman, you know, big guy, beard. Google yeah, he's totally on, Ron Swanson. Yep, it's totally it. Who the fuck put me on Google? Yeah. God bless down. him. I love him. Yeah. Throwing it in. <laughs> but anyways uh young joe slepsky came and said hey mike uh i don't really have a place to to talk about all this on my show since as as we remind our, our listeners who undoubtedly 100 percent also listen to the joe and joe podcast but in case <laughs> in case in case you happen to be behind a few episodes uh, as i was for a while uh, Joe is is currently in the middle of the Marvel run, getting close to the end. Yeah. Uh, new new episode every week, so if you if you want to hear in depth discussion of the Marvel uh, the Marvel run of GI Joe, Joe and Joe podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Wherever, everywhere you can. Yeah, yeah. I'm on a freight train. I'm on a freight train right toward the end, and I and I didn't want to interrupt it because I got about four episodes left till we get to 155. Right. Uh, and then, and then we're and recording. You just published 151. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. that was a good one. 
it was a pretty good one. It was right before things got a little hairy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was all right. You know, I mean, it's it's still in that era of like such importance was being put on Destro's Castle that you like what was you would have expected they they were coming out with a with a t- playset for Destro's yeah. Castle. That's how much Destro's Castle factored in to the previous forty issues of GI Joe. Yeah, everyone wanted Destro's Castle except for apparently Destro. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're haven't picked up the book or if you haven't read the book yet, we've got some spoiler warnings going on. Uh, I would say stop the recording here, come back after you've read it, uh, or maybe maybe going back through that whole arc if you if you haven't read from say two ninety six forward. Yeah, this, this is a good time to bail out because that's the story we're going to be talking about. Uh, very extensively here with Joe tonight for reasons that are known only to Joe. Although Rack really, time, we're Rack talking about the last. Not Racktime Rob and I have not been privy to to Joe's thinking for his his need to call an emergency. Uh, why, I call it an emergency session because uh, yes, I don't really have a great great outlet on my show because I, I I'm running it solo and so I I want to bounce ideas and I want to have a conversation about this stuff. I'm not covering the modern stuff right now, so it would be you know I do the miniseries when they pop up, but that's a little bit different. Uh, right. And then and then when we're done with 155, I'm I already announced that I'm planning and I'm working on some things. We're rolling right into a kind of a new gener next gen version of the show, which is you on show. Look at that later. Okay. All right. We don't need to right. put off the actual discussion for 20 sure. minutes. We, we got sure. to push so, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are all the reasons why. Right. We're just, and you're, you're do, you want to start, do you want to start with, the, the, with my positives or my negatives on this? Why don't you go ahead and, and give us your... Um, we'll go positives first because we'll probably agree, and then we'll go into negatives, and that's where we'll discuss. Uh, love the 300 cover. Oh, yeah. Really great job at Jamie Sullivan. Uh, I also enjoyed the the whole return of, of Snake Eyes. I thought that was great. It's a little telegraphed. Uh, right. I feel like it could I feel like it actually could have happened a couple episodes earlier, right. just to then this one be more of a the instead of the actual uh, reunion here, like get the reunion in the in ninety nine. You know what I mean? And then here you just have the him and Scarlet being together again, kind of some action there, but nitpicky. I love the, I love that they did it. They, they brought him back smart. It's Larry, it's, you know, resetting the table again for the, for the next team and all that stuff. Um, I love the Cobra casino concept. I thought that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. 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 It it's really was. That, it's a shame that it appears to be on the way out, but I'm sure that's, that's something we'll cover. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's a great, uh, kind of modern update to the whole Broca beach idea, yeah. you know? So yeah, I think it totally, here. Yeah. yep. I think it totally works. I think that's really cool. Um, and then, uh, then we go. That's it. That's my positives. That's, that's what you loved. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what, what's, what, uh, caused this, this emergency summit Joe Slepsky? Uh, Cliffhangers, 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 cliffhangers. Uh, and before, IDW's... before you get started, I'll throw one more spoiler warning out there. If you haven't read the story, if you have to get out now, come back and see this later. Get, get yeah. out. Spoilers, OMG, 
oh my, you've only had a month to read it. Oh my God, spoilers. Yeah. With seven Zs. So we were talking a little bit before the show. I, uh, we're not exactly sure. IDW's had the, the, uh, the license now for almost 15 years, or close to something like that, right? It's 147 issues, what I read somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, which is but they had it for like you know. Well, they had it before, before they but they had started real right. That's right. Yeah, so the 147 would be like 12 years of 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 the of this plus a couple of years of that. So it's close to 15 years or around 15. I don't know. I didn't do the research. You know, as as the uh, as the great patriots like to say, do your own research. Um, for 15 years of telling various Joe stories. This is going out with a whimper because this cliffhanger is so run of the mill and so like average adventure cliffhanger, right? Right. When I, when I'm, when I'm, and, and it's such a buildup, right? It's such a buildup of 300 and it's the final issue. And, and for a time it was billed as it might be Larry's last issue, right? Right. You're, if you're going to do that, don't you do the cliffhanger about like Marvel did with G.I. Joe's been shuttered or um, d- didn't uh, didn't image and theirs with uh, Cobra's defeat, like the war- big World War Three thing, right? Yeah. That's how image ended it. Yeah. They tie the so, bow on. Exactly. Exactly. They put a little bow on it. So conceptually, I'm not against cliffhangers knowing that you know, someone is going to publish more GI Joe one day. And, and, and yes, it's, it's a, it's a nice carrot to say, this is really uh, without saying it, saying Larry's going to be back, but man, what a disappointing cliffhanger. Yeah. There's, there's no stakes to this. There's no, there are not even stakes. There's no resolution to it. And after 300, you know, 140, some issues, 45 issues, like, can't we get something like this would be a, this would be a bad cliffhanger for a regular 300, even if they weren't changing publishers, let alone changing publishers. It feels a little paint by numbers because if you, again, get out now, um, got <laughs> his, his, uh, Wild Bill is piloting the, the cargo plane that is carrying the Joes away from the casino island to safety. Uh, they're in a holding pattern as they wait for the folks who are still on the ground. Uh, and they get brought down by... Uh, an ambitious bat on a Cobra jetpack. We knew those Cobra jetpacks were good for something. It was, a really, it was a really nice rendition of that jetpack. I had that toy. Right. That's a really well done rendition of that, like size-wise and everything. It was great. It's gigantic. I love it. It <laughs> was. It was so big. So <laughs> you you go from the you go from the first generation Geo bat, jet, backpack that's barely larger than my shoulders to like, ah. Oh. <laughs> the GI Joe jetpack's a big backpack. Yeah. <laughs> the Cobra jetpack is a small plane. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> you're moving so fast that even with the, even with the face plate on, your Cobra Vipers are just going to be yeah. holding skin on their face. <laughs> it's, the, it's, like, it's like when Russia tries to build Iron Man. It's like right. 18 times its size. Yeah. yeah. Crimson Dynamo or Titanic. Right. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, so we've got, uh, anyways, the C-130 is coming down. Wild Bill is losing control of the plane. Um, doing his damnedest to pull out of a full-on nosedive in the plane that is now hurtling towards the casino. Uh, our, our Wild Bill, Duke, Roadblock, 
Clutch, Cover Girl, Lady J. All, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of major players in the G.I. Joe franchise. We, we know that that plane isn't is not going in a ball of fury. No, exactly. That plane's yeah. going to land and everybody on board is somehow going to be at least okay. Um, may, maybe there'll be a serious injury, but probably not a life-threatening any, anything. You know, um, you know maybe... Uh, was the, the guy that came to Thunderclap, he's around. Maybe he dies. Who knows? Heavy Metal? No, no, not Heavy Metal. Oh. dead. Oh, uh, that's right. He is dead. <laughs> he got some lines in that uh, snake hunt issue, but he's dead. Um, no, um, he came, again, he came with the Thunderclap, and I can't think of it. Long Range. Long Range. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe Long Range bites it. Who knows? But, but um, yeah, so it, it feels a little paint by numbers. It really does. Uh, and, and, it's, so, and also then the second kind of... Not as big of a letdown thing, but you know the uh, the covers have all been teasing all in, all in, right? And you're leading up to this, and, and conceptually, like they're building up to that. Like it's there's like one killer whale and a cargo plane, a cargo plane with uh, a vamp, with, a hammer, and a wolverine. Yeah, 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 and four people on it. Yeah, like for real. Like that's the other part of this that was kind of little little. Less. Oh, and, I'm not saying. I'm not saying give. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying give screen time to everybody, but like make it look like you remember. You might as remember the assault on on uh, like Springfield. You know. Yeah. Like the, the that was like that was just everybody. You know, and like this didn't. It felt like they had. Uh, we had a couple. We had a couple extra cars, and a jeep. Whoever was hanging around the base. Yeah. It I, just I, I, didn't I, feel like something that was. Be all in. Yeah, well, you forgot the other part of the cliffhanger is that Serpentor, Genghis Khan, we're um, gonna get to that. Is, is about to set off the zombie bomb and turn everyone else into you know mindless yeah. zombies on yeah. the island, which also includes, I mean, you know, of course, Cobra hierarchy, um, and Snake Eyes, Scarlet, Throwdown, right. Ron Moreno, Stalker. Yeah. So another cliffhanger that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Right. And. And there's also those, I, I honest, honestly don't even understand what those, the sentient cyborg robots are on the moon or whatever they're at. That uh, thread. The, uh, from Revanche? Yeah, that yeah. thread can go away. I would have no problem if that thread just. Yeah, that's a completely unresolved thread. And, yeah, you know, they just set off an EMP on the moon and destroy them all and say, oh, we have no idea what you're I think there's someplace worse like New Jersey. No. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, they I were on the moon. I thought they were on the moon for some reason. Baton Rouge, they're in Hackensack. Is that where they're at? Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge. Is Baton Rouge? Okay. What was yeah. around in the book. So. I think I've been to Louis. Building, I, I, Hackensack was where they were building the, uh, the casino I've, bot. The casino. I, know a lot of pe- I know a lot of people from New Orleans. It might as well be on the moon. <laughs> I love that city. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, like so like that, I don't know. No one cares about those robots. Nobody no, cares. No, nobody cares about those robots. So when they started including them a couple issues ago, I was like, "Oh, just unless unless you're leading up to just destroying them and wiping the slate clean, so we never have to see them again." Cool. Uh, and then I'm a longtime Serpentor guy. I dig Serpentor. I just having to be just straight up Genghis Khan. I don't know. It's interesting. That's not as much a complaint. That's more of a meh. 
Serpentor is more interesting to me. Yeah, it's an interesting like twist on the Serpentor concept of Dr. Mindbender trying to refine you know, the idea of the ultimate super soldier because, you know, I mean, they, they kind of state the flaws. Well, genetic mix wasn't right. You know, he was, right. the personality was fractured, um, which yeah, kind of gives you a little bit more of a, a description of the personality of the cartoon one more than the comic book one. Right, because the comic book one was, he was pretty good. He just happened to take an arrow in the eye. Yeah. Like, he actually was pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, you know, his... He, he was a much more competent and, you know, reserved, you know, character than, you know, than he ever was on the cartoon where he was just, you know, he was just one more raving lunatic. Right, right. He was just louder than Cobra Commander, so he got to throw him around. Right. That's the, that's the least of my, like, cares. Like, you know, that's yeah. just one of those, like, meh, another character development. But, but I do I, kind of like the idea of, like, Mindbender saying, well, let's, let's, this one didn't work. Let's try and, let's try and tinker with the formula. Yeah, I, sure. I, mean, I could totally see him doing that. Sure. I'm, I'm okay with it because the goal was never to recreate Serpentor. It was to use that science to recreate Genghis Khan. And Genghis Khan decided he liked the imagery and named himself Serpentor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I will say this, though. Not to, and I'm, I am not a, I'm not a sensitive soul. I don't. I do find it a little awkward, though, that what is Genghis Khan mostly referenced these days? When it comes up in conversation, that he that he raped his way across the world, like well, I don't know if you got you know like like everyone has a little bit of Genghis in them, because right. he he just went around the world, you know. So throwing that out there to then have hey Genghis is back, yeah um, I think it's something like forty percent of the world can yeah trace yeah. the back to Genghis Khan, right right which is you know uh, just saying that was a little we're okay. It just opens up a lot of possibilities for Genghis Khan's back, and he's really bringing the lumber. Yeah, and now, and Genghis Khan just found out that Plan B exists. So look out, ladies. Actually, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a great subplot that the ultimate defeat of Cobra is just an onslaught avalanche of paternity suits. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Mori Povich right. gets enlisted by G.I. Joe. An ill-timed appearance on the Mori Povich show. <laughs> Hector Ramirez and Mori Povich team up to take down Cobra. I, I want to see Serpentor walk out on the set like... Yeah. What? What? Huh? Look at me. Woo! <laughs> so, you know. As I say that with, you know, tongue in cheek, I get yes. it. It's, you know, it's, you know, you guys see where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, exactly. But that is like the first thought that went through my head of like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, but my biggest, I guess my biggest gripe is just, it's it was just underwhelming, you know? Like, the and IDW, when they finished their non-Hama G.I. Joe stuff, that was just a whimper. Right. Right? Like, it just disappeared, both the Citizen verse... And then they, that just, you know, that just got wiped out by COVID and controversy. And then, and then the, but that, but technically that was the same universe that Rom, that they cross over with Rom and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so technically their IDW verse ended with the Citizen verse. Right. And that never got any kind of outgo. And then they tried to start with Paul Aller stuff, which I liked. Uh, and that just went out with nothing. Well, so. They it got wrapped up very very quickly 
Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it wrapped up, but you know what I mean. So, like, the IDW just—they didn't put a stamp on anything. They just reissued as many reprints as they could to, you know, in the final six months to to snap your money up, and uh, and then they gave us a cliffhanger for Skybound. Yeah, I mean, if if Skybound is indeed if yeah, sure, picking it up. I mean. Is that are they the favorites in the clubhouse? Sure, but has it ever has it been confirmed by anybody? No. Okay. I, I won't. Uh, I don't want to confirm that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not. The, the one I, thing the... I could tell from this cliffhanger, um, you know, that has me, and I may be wrong here, but there's a 301 and somebody's got it and Larry's writing it. Right. Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's been revealed. Larry himself put that on social media, so I'll take that. Correct. But again, it's not necessarily Skybound. So right, yeah, and who and whoever and wherever. I want to go perpetuating the rumor because it's just it's just it, again very well could be the case, but it's not yeah. firm, so I don't want to spread. I agree. Um, so I guess I guess the finger just goes back to IDW of like that's it. Yeah, it. it I'll be honest here in that there's been on, on this run of GI Joe, there's been a a lot of it that I've liked. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of it that I've loved, um, and this this just fits right in there. It, it just feels, um, I don't know, uh, like, and we we've, we've heard Hama complain about it in the past that he's not really a guy who can write to fill six issues, yeah, for a trade paperback. He's an issue by issue, a page by page guy, even right. Um, and so it, it feels like he struggles with that a little bit with the structure of things. Um, I, I think there have been instances where, um, uh, like, for example, Snake Hunt just felt like it got stretched out way too long. Mm -hmm. Like, if Snake Hunt was just a six-issue story, it probably would have been a lot better than what it actually turned out to be. Mm -hmm. Ten issues, Rob? Ten, yeah. yeah it, was, it was entirely too long. Uh, whereas this one felt like it needed some room to breathe and they weren't able to give it that because, I mean, for all we know, Hasbro shut the doors on them. They said, you've got until end of the year, get it done. And they were like, well, okay, we thought maybe we could hang on through the end, the, the new year and get a 15th anniversary or no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they may, maybe, maybe IDW had a little bit more in the can. Maybe, and so it's it's possible that this one felt this one got rushed. It certainly feels a little rushed. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It, it's just it's uh, like GI Joe's a C plus book, and it's it probably gets the plus just from the nostalgia hits. Yeah. So here's um, a, here here's a tough question for you. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I I saying this with all due respect. Please don't at me. Is it a matter? Is it a matter of editorial being too in awe of Larry? I think so. I, yeah. I, I think he's got a room full of folks that are just like he. he I think Larry is uh, makes a little bit more money than most of the folks they have on their payroll, right? Um, and he should. He, he's, he's of course he's, uh, he should. Yeah, he absolutely should make the most money on the book. hundred percent. He, he's bringing them that 6,000 plus subscriptions, which again is, is a pretty good, pretty good number for a third party publisher 
in the mm-hmm. year of our Lord 2022. Um, and, and they're there mostly because Larry Hama is writing G.I. Joe. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think they absolutely do not. Like he, he had to go out and, and get people to, to keep help him keep continuity straight. And again, no fault there. These are sure. Priests that he wrote a generation ago. And yeah. Then they, then they, they went on ice for a while. And then he's just, you know, he's not going to remember everything coming back the way oh, we do. Yeah. So no, compl- yeah. no complaints on that. Yeah. Bring people in to, to help out with that. That's uh, our, our, our friend and, and listener of the program. Diana was, was a big part of that as, as mm-hmm. far as uh, helping keep the continuity uh, strong in, in these books. So, um, no, I, 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 I totally get all that, but um, I, I think some, I think somebody actually being an editor for for Larry just would have helped. I, I, not not yeah. not that he doesn't have it anymore, but just that's the relationship in that business, right? You have to have somebody yeah. back on what you're what you're creating, otherwise things just go meandering. Yeah, and I uh, yes, and I know we're far t- we're far removed from the eighties. 80- I mean, Larry was an editor for a long time. You know, okay. we're far removed from that eighties heyday. And and obviously way before the eighties too, where you know the editor kind of was king, um, but I between between stuff we've been talking about and stuff like uh, Liefeld's Dead Game, you know, you just you, you just look at some of that stuff and you go, "Where's just the just edit- so on tape, Joe? What your thoughts on Dead Game, real quick?" Oh my God, redefining uh, redefining comic books for me. Uh, it made me rethink everything that I thought I knew about storytelling. Um, that, that is an amazing answer. <laughs> I rethought about what I knew about storytelling too, and I was convinced <laughs> I was right. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like it's it, that project. I definitely got this sense of we don't want to tell the big money guy what to do. You know, and, and I don't think Liefeld does it unless he gets to do what the hell he wants. And it's like amazing me to me that he has that kind of pull. It's shocking. It's yeah, it's yeah. So I, and I don't mean, to, I don't mean to slag on the editors, but I miss that day. I miss that push and pull. Cause I've yet to, it's, it's always a better book when you, when you have a third, you know, a second set of eyes, you know, Larry that, Larry that are, that steers the ship a little bit. Larry was an editor for a while, mm-hmm. but Larry didn't edit the books he wrote. Right. Um, and while he, while G.I. Joe was at its heyday, Marvel policy was, if you're writing this book, you can't edit it. Which Correct. some people, like Roy Thomas and stuff like that, did not like, so they went to D.C. Right. But um, And some people, some people uh, invented Japanese doppelgangers. Yeah. <laughs> but that's later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, current... Publisher of Marvel, yeah, current editor. <laughs> Who's the editor? Um, yeah, EIC, yeah, EIC. Yeah, but um, also too, edit, edit, comic book editing is a lost art. It is, uh, and you can tell by the directions that stories take now. Yep. I mean, that meandering crap that's going on in X Men. What the hell is that? Oh, um, don't get me started. Yeah, I hate, uh, yeah, I hate the Krakoa stuff. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves. Everybody seems to go nuts for Jonathan Hickman. I dropped Avengers when he was writing it because I was paying way too much money to be bored stiff. Listen, my job pays me to read spreadsheets. I don't want to pay Marvel Comics to read spreadsheets. Yeah, I was like, well, this is terrible. I said, you know. Yeah. Um, Joe, come on. 
I mean, yeah. writers and, and particularly writers out there get the name and like then they become, you know, somehow they become immune to editing. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah. There's this there's this halo around Hickman that I don't get. And he might be yeah, a very I, nice I, guy. I don't either. I'll say this. I, I, I mean, enjoy. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm sure he's a lovely yeah, person. But I yeah. actually liked his. I thought his Fantastic Four was dynamite. I thought his Fantastic Four was great. I've heard good things. I haven't read it just simply because what I have read from his, I'm like, uh. it. I thought it was great because I think it works for that crew because every adventure was this far off new idea intergalactic yeah. spanning thing, and then you had the ground four people that he could focus on writing. But when you take that same equation and translate that to the team of Avengers where I I didn't care about anything that was going on. And no, every no. Every character... I'm so glad he did not do Legion of Superheroes, even though Bendis also screwed it up. But, like, every oh. character spoke... Every character... Every Avenger spoke like they were the smartest Avenger in the room. Yeah. And Tony, Reed, The Vision, Captain America... Name it. Uh, Captain America, you know, Carol Danvers. Uh, every single Avenger spoke like they were a super genius. I'm not a yeah. fan. Yeah. But yeah, that's but that's a great example of like editorial. Let's get let's get some yeah. It's a lost art. It's a lost art. Yeah, I you know, the editor is basically supposed to rein in like, you know, a good editor brings out what's great and reigns in the worst impulses of someone. Yeah. And nobody nobody reigns in those bad impulses anymore. Yeah. I feel they like just they're let them go because it's like, oh, that could tamper with the vision. It's like, well, you know what? You're yeah. you're you're turning your you know, these these things into unedited, you know, mm -hmm. unreadable messes. Yeah, yeah. It's like their 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 function these days is like just to keep the trains on time, you know, just yeah. to, just to manage no, schedules it. It, it is. and not to actually input on the creative process. And I think that's a flaw. The the problem might be is that the editors and I I don't I'm not I'm literally have no one in mind. I'm not even talking about like IDW. The problem might be that the editors are there to you know they're not hired because they're creative. Yeah, they don't. They don't have that capability. They don't have that skill set. You know, um, no. And, I and saw. I, think, I saw a page of art in star in a Star Wars comic book. Um, it was the recent Star Wars one shot called Star Wars Visions or something. It was like the. It was. It came out last week. It was oh, the, the, I, the. They put that on my pull list, and I think I put it back on the shelf. Yeah, it was like the. It was like a reset for the universe. To if it looked you like a clip show. Yeah. Yeah, that's like exact. That. Totally what it was. There was a two or three page sequence of pages in there that every marvel editor prior to even i'll even say the year 2000 rolled died got buried rolled over in their grave came back to life slapped and, sh and wanted to slap the shit out of that artist it was terrible it was so poorly done in a marvel comic book and a star wars comic book a premier brand comic book one of the worst sequence of pages i've ever seen published by marvel comics absolutely horrible artwork and that never would have it never would have been never would have gone through back in the day they would have they would have no, gotten yeah. those pages they would have sent them back they would have said be a be a fucking professional and right. don't give me some bullshit that looks like the local creators rack at golden apple comics because it was fucking terrible in that book uh, and I know I sound really hot. I don't, you know, I'm just saying like, it's, it's gross. It's in that kind of competency is, is less and less these days. Maybe it's because yeah. Marvel doesn't pay anybody. I don't know, but the rest of the pages look beautiful. That's part of it. Yeah. But the rest of the pages were gorgeous. Yeah. Shout out to golden apple comics.
Hey, shut up. Hey. I, I think, I mean, you know, this is kind of like the long-ranging, I mean, not to denigrate like what happened with Image in the 90s, but the creators got more control over their stuff, yeah. which, you know, they are creators and they should have, you know, level of ownership and control and things like that. Well, if, it's their, if it's their book. If it's their book. But, you know, if you're coming onto an established property, okay, you know, the editors have to be the guardians of that property. And you may, you know, you may let somebody take an interesting take or things like that, which is fine. I mean, it's what keeps the thing going. But, you know, it's I, I, and I, and I hate to sound like you because we both sound like, you know, back in my day, comics were good, you know. Yeah, but, but I, I know I hear you on that. Were. And, and um, the, well, it's well, the here's the thing. I, I, the difference Jim Shooter, I'll, as bad as he is, didn't let no, the readable shit I'll go say, up. I'll though. say that I'll say the difference. I don't think we're talking about content storylines. You know what I mean? We're not sitting here saying like they never talk about political. St-, you know what I mean? We're not no. making those. We're not making those. Com- we're talking about the quality of the product, and I think yeah. that that that's the kind of conversation that I'm always. Re- What's yeah. that? You're talking continuity. Yeah, continuity, quality of the product. I think those are conversations that have to be had or should be had by people who have been around for a little while. You know, and 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 understanding that art styles change. But there is a level of competency and, and, and craftsmanship that is sorely going away on a lot of these mainstream stuff. I think one of the biggest reasons that it kowtows to that, um, like more celebrity, well, one, it started with the image. Well, it didn't start with the image stuff, but it was really driven by the image stuff yeah. back in the day, is, um, is when they keep rebooting the series. So you oh, yeah. get a new creator and they want to push this new creator. So they give you a new number one. No, the star of the book isn't. And I love Chip Zdarsky's writing. I do. I'm a big fan. Chip Zdarsky is not the fa- not the star of Daredevil. Daredevil's the star of Daredevil. They just relaunched it for absolutely no good reason. Yeah, I mean, because no, they didn't even change creative team. Nothing. There was no reason to do it. There was just None. they started a new story. Let's restart it. Yep, that should have been Daredevil number twenty seven or thirty nine or whatever or number they were. Six hundred whatever. Six hundred. Well, yeah, definitely six hundred whatever. But it's um. You know, uh, Don. Now I'll say this: uh, Immortal Hulk was so unique as far as the story they're telling. Something like that makes sense to restart. Yeah. It does, and there when you're done with something, there needs to be yeah, some kind of massive turnover. Yeah, uh, but like for the most part, a lot of these relaunches, the, I, well, I see some of the I see some of the ads, and they're like. You know, like they're relaunching the Miles Morales comic, and they're you know with the with new thing. writer, yeah, right, with new writer this and new artist that. And I'm like, I've never heard of these people, and I work in a comic shop. Yeah. Like, th- there's no reason to you're 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 not putting the the stars of the comic should be the star the superheroes or the main characters or whatever. If the if the if the authors and stuff they want to get their names and, and relaunch because of their names, that's what independent books are for, which is fine. That's great. People are supposed to follow you from book to book, not have to worry about which volume of Punisher are we on again. Yeah, where do we start? You know, I yeah. want to get into this. Where do I start to, to go back on? Well, you know, there's not you know seventh series. I was like, no, why don't I just like go yeah. back on number? Yeah, one? and their trade and their trade dresses don't make it easy. No, they no. they think they do, but it's just not. There, there's I have like three volume ones of various Punisher series or Daredevil series, you know, sitting yeah. on the shelf, and it's like. Well, which one is it? I don't know. Or just give up on the generic titling and just every time you restart, 
you know, if, if the next Spider-Man story is Spider-Man back for more cash, then Amazing Spider-Man ends and is replaced by Spider-Man back for more cash number one. And that that runs for eight issues. And then it goes to Spider-Man. Look, if, look, I, I couldn't I, agree with you less. Absolutely not. That's the, yeah. that's the problem that it, that's the problem that I'm saying is I that constant I, relaunch. I don't like it either, but at least it makes it easier to follow. No, because then, no, because then it, from a, what order uh, do they come in? Right, exactly. And from a longevity perspective, people, and I get it. People come into the store and they go, uh, they go, Hey man, I want to read uh, using Spider-Man. Uh, they're like, I want to read Spider-Man, uh, Mary Jane's day out. And I look at them, I go, I, what are you talking about? And they're like, Mary Jane's day out. I want to read it. And they go, I have no fucking idea what that is. What they really want to read is the arc of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number 625 through 631, and it's volume 8 of the trade, right? But they don't know that, and so there's this disconnect, and so they think that it's a, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. want to you wanna hook them into the ongoing series so they'll come back next month. That's also the, the eye and the prize here, is you want them to keep coming back next month. If they think it's just this self-contained story, then they're going to read that and they're not going to come back for the next one, which is another lost art from the editorial perspective. Yeah. Subplots, of, supporting characters. Right, subplots, yeah. supporting characters, te referencing old stories while teasing new stories. It's, you know... Uh, it's it's right. <coughs> yeah, I mean... Want it all it, it, small and self-contained because... Well, that's what miniseries are for, though. Sure, sure. And the comics we grew up on you had, you know, the, these comic companies were comic book companies. They they didn't make movies. They they were not part of large corporate conglomerates. And you answered to the editor in chief, who pretty well sat on your continuity bible as mm -hmm. law and and sent his editors out to enforce those laws. Well, yeah. now the editor in chief answers to some dude in corporate that doesn't care about right. about your your continuity bible. Yeah. We, need to, we need to do what we can to squeeze more cash out of that rock. And, um, and, and it and, sucks. Yeah, right. Sucks. It's, it's short sighted. Yeah, it is totally short sighted. Yeah. It's short sighted. It's cynical. It's, mm -hmm. it's completely, um, it, it denigrates the art. Yeah. How and, many amazing Spider-Man number ones have we had in the last eight years? I think we've had, had five. I, I was about to say, I think, I mean, I think we've had three in the last three five. years. I mean, yeah. Almost, yeah. It's Someone asked from the number because they're cranking it out like three times a month. But right, yeah, it's just you can't keep track. It's, it's I, ugh, I hate it so much. And 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 again, let me reiterate, this isn't old man get off my lawn. I'm the stories they're telling are good. You know, like there's some good stories. You know, I'll, I'll quibble with some of the. You know, in some cases, I, I don't think they're you know, the, the art's up to up to snuff, and some of the stories I, I don't think are great. And I sometimes think it's a little drawn out, but it's not a quibble about. You know a lot of the things you, a lot of things you see online of people bitching about new comics, right? Right. Um, you know, agenda, agenda driven. You know, oh, they're so woke. I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah, I'm talking about competency of the of the product and the and hooking, bringing readers in, and they've just lost. They've they've lost the comics have lost thread, man. And don't even get me started on cover design. How every comic book cover looks exactly like every other comic cover they're just right. they're just flashy pinups by really talented artists 
but they're not memorable. And they oh, don't, and they, they have no bearing on what's inside. Yeah. So then no I, book. yeah. So I don't associate any cover with a big event that happened inside or that, you know, that moment when this happened, you know, think about GI Joe random. What was it? Is you like, I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was like 31 with the dreadnoughts, you know, ripping up the airfield, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or 32 or something. 32. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. But like in your head, you go, Oh yeah, that's that great issue. I know if I saw that cover, regardless of the number, I know what I'm getting in for, for that issue. And it was awesome. Getting great dreadnought action. In fairness, I can think of a lot of really memorable GI Joe covers that had nothing to do with what was going on in the book. Um, yes and no. I think I, that Mike Zek cover with the skeleton with the, the M60. You know what? We covered that on my show. That's actually one of the very, very few representational covers that G.I. Joe has ever done. G.I. Joe does not do representational covers, especially yeah, in, that, in that Marvel that's run. That's issue 43, I think, and yeah. that's the death of the Softmaster. Softmaster and Candy. And, yeah, uh, so and that one does Billy. Yeah, that one does stand out, and it does have something to do with it because it's, it's the specter of death, but it was a real departure from what they had done where pretty much every every cover related to action on the inside and this was representational saying oh no something mighty metal's happening so take that kung fu mike i'm i'm going to disagree <laughs> i'm going to say that that is that is grasping at the the, the flimsiest of straws oh no, no. you may oh, disagree no. you will be incorrect characters yes, time robs with me characters <laughs> characters in the book die and there's a representation of death on the cover well Right. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. Die in every book. No, but you that was do a representation because they weren't really characters anybody gave a shit about. Yeah, that's the thing. If you show Bongo the balloon bear, look, that is true. They're un- unidentifiable. It's kind of like um, they could have shown the taxi with the missile coming right at it just a half second before impact. That would have been an action-packed cover. A couple issues ago, I covered, um, it, uh, it was probably like issue 147 or something like that. And it was Scarlet, uh, but she wasn't in her normal Scarlet outfit. And she's like in the water being attacked by something. And you have no idea who it is on the cover of this issue. Right. <laughs> There's nothing on this cover that says G.I. Joe, Scarlet, anybody. And yeah. uh, that could have that could have used a little... A little oh, hand well, stepping that in. Tough, I think in those days it's Ninja Force Scarlet. So right, yeah, but it wasn't even. She wasn't even in her Ninja Force outfit. She was in. Oh, it was the flashback episode. That's what it was. It was the she, flashback. She, it was the flashback ready. episode. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling it was Scarlet. Yeah. So anyway, so that's yeah. I, I could go on about this with the, the but yeah, G, I mean, GI Joe is a great example of doing those kind of covers. But I mean, X Men were too, you know for the vast majority of X-Men books for a long time told the story of what was going on and, you know, told it with some really great flash covers. Now everything is just variant and not even variant version. Yeah. Like they're, they're just, they're just beautiful paintings. Okay. Back, back in the day, if you saw a gorilla on a DC comic, you knew you were getting yes. a story with a gorilla in it. Yes. This, now it might just be gorilla month. Correct. And we've just got gorilla variants because we feel like it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're saying gorilla month is a bad thing. And it's I, not a bad thing. It's an amazing thing. Month is... Gorilla month is an amazing thing if there's freaking gorillas in my stories. You know who's doing a good job of it? Um, I will call this out. Uh, Flash. Flash. Yeah. The Flash comic book. 
Mm -hmm. One, it's actually been really, really readable for about the last, I mean, I've, I'm a fan, but it's been really good for like the last two or three years since rebirth. Uh, but there's are very much, Hey guys, this is a, you know, a nice piece of art. And this is what happens in the comic book. There's always going to be a flashbook. Totally agree. From DC. Yep, Just like there's totally going to be a green lantern book until, you know, they hire someone who decides he hates Al Jordan and ruins the book. Yeah, there's oh, no like green yeah, yeah anyway. I was going to say, there's no green letter on the shelves right now. Exactly, because the guy decided, oh, I hate how Jordan sucks, I'd kill him if they would let me. Actually right. said this in the book, and I was just like, you know, I, when I, they were interviewing him to start the run on Green Lantern. And as it turns out, you know what, you're a bad Green Lantern writer anyway, you've killed I, the book. I know him, he's a longtime Golden Apple customer. <laughs> Guess what? Uh, shout out to Golden Apple. <laughs> he's a nice guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy, and no, he's but... allowed to ha- and he's allowed to hate Hal Jordan. Yes. Yeah, but if but... you're taking and if you're taking over Green Lantern, it, and, and I think and I think this is something that the the recent Green Lantern animated movie they did with John Stewart also did. Yeah. You could tell stories about John Stewart. There's tons of Green Lanterns. You could tell stories about John Stewart or any other Green Lantern without shitting on every other Green Lantern. I. I'll say this. I, I do agree. The, the I think the proof is in the pudding. The fact the fact that there is no Green Lantern series being published right now, yeah. and, and for for a long time, I think that 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 yeah that franchise has been mismanaged a lot. I think they're just clearing the decks to for Charlie Vickers. Oh God! Isn't that the, the dude the Derby? No, that's Doyby Dickles. <laughs> that's Doyby Dickles. Who's Charlie Vickers? Why am I? Why, Charlie why my... Charlie Vickers is some like guy from Earth who ended up being a Green Lantern in far off space that they had in like some 60s story. Yes. And would occasionally I, I, show up every once in a while when somebody remembered there was a guy named Charlie Vickers. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> he died for the win. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and you only know about him from that who's who page. That's exactly correct. <laughs> what the hell is this all about? Who's Charlie Vickers? Oh, there's an Earth Green Lantern. Why is he like out in like, you know, what? sector... I had to know. Nine he's the, million. He's the re, he's the Rosetta he's the Rosetta Stone for why all the aliens know English. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's why? Why Charlie Vickers? Taught yeah. Well, I, I ran into this really nice guy named Charlie Vickers who taught me English. Oh, okay. He's the right. Johnny Appleseed of Earth culture. Yes. Yes. There we go. Yeah. It's like how they how you they know, revamped. We've just, we've just found something for Charlie Vickers. Yeah. How they had Mon <laughs> How they had Monel uh, as Valor. He was you know he yeah. seeded all the worlds. You know. Yeah. yeah Charlie Vickers seeded them. Yeah. Yeah. He just followed Monel and he he seeded them with English. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, here's a program we call Hey How. <laughs> Going on his ring. This is country virtuoso Roy Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> you haven't lived till you heard Jerry Reed. Here's, here's a little little ditty I like to call Eastbound and Down. And yeah. that'll get us into Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, don't! I would, oh. You know what? It would blow my mind if there was a Green Lantern, or they visit Charlie Vickers was there, and they based their whole culture off of Smokey and the Bandit. Man, you're now you're talking my. You're now you're all right, talking. All right, all right. Here it is. Here's the pitch for here's the pitch for the Green Lantern series. We know is coming back next year. <laughs> now you're talking. You got to get from Earth to Oa to smuggle some cores. Some cores. Because they're or, having or a big birth. They're having a big birthday party. For Ganthet on Oa and Oa and Ganthet loves Coors beer, so they got to they got to they got to smuggle Coors from Earth to Oa, and then get back in time for a big Justice League battle. 
Oh. And so, and so that's, and that's your, that's your party. Yeah, there's our pitch. If I had a truck full of cores here on earth, I would be more than happy to, to see Send that it in space. Moved from the solar system. Man, I'll tell you what. Here. Mercy sakes, mercy sakes. Put about eight and a half on me. Blowing my windows up. That is, it does not hold a candle to the champagne of beers. I can I can drive any forking thing around. I love that movie. I have a I have an original Smokey poster up. The first thing you see when you walk into my home nice. is a framed original post Smokey poster. <laughs> the next next dog that you get, are you going to name it after Sally Field's character? The frog? Yeah, I should. Why not? I know. That's it, not, Mike. Right? Mike, we need to find out on the streaming services. Hal Needham night. We need to get <sighs> Smokey and the Bandit and then Cannonball Run. Ooh. And, and honestly, Gary Gotso to guest host. There you go. Does he? Oh, be I'm, oh, yeah, I'm in, man. Him. I'm in. Make sure I'm available for that one. Gary yeah. Godso and Joe Slepsky host. Hal Hal I think I've, I think I've purchased Smokey and the Bandit, no less than five times in various formats, like VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, DVD again because it came with the other movies, and then and then and then DVD again because it, I found a pack that was super cheap that came with both the movies and the TV movies. Oh well, yeah, I have the soundtrack. The old... I in college, all I wanted was the CD soundtrack for Smoking the Bandit, <laughs> and it it was never released on CD, so I eventually bought the cassette tape soundtrack, which I still have. Nice. And now it is available digitally now. But yeah, there was a there was a good twenty year gap when I couldn't get Smokey and the Bandit on. <laughs> that almost makes you want to go out and get an Arby's Diablo sandwich. Oh, and a Dr Pepper. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a goddamn hurry. And you got Smokey too. Do you have yeah. Smokey three? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Oh, it's, I've got them all. Uh, well, I've, like I said, this last one also had the TV movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Terrible. That's technically what Smokey two and a half and Smokey four, I guess. Yeah, something like like that's the timeline there. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, they're cool. terrible. But uh, and three's terrible because yeah, Bert's not terrible. in it. But I love Bert, and I love Jackie, and I love Jerry, and I love Sally, and I love Junior. I don't even know his actor's name, but Junior's great. Good old, good old dumbass Junior. So, anyways, we're way off the beaten path here. <laughs> So let's let's drag this kicking and streaming. Put the evidence in the car, Junior. I'm so glad Snake Eyes is back. I really am. I really and I love and I did really love the way he's told that story. The reunion with Scarlet was awesome. The fact yeah. that he's he's given him seemingly given him his vocal cords back is is great. Seemingly his face is fixed. You know, like there's no reason his face would be messed up because it's cloned. I, I loved all that. I, I, I genuinely I thought that was great. I really thought it was great. And I love the idea that. The whole Joe team was like, "Fuck yeah, we got to go get Snake Eyes!" Like, like you know, like yeah. like everybody's in. I just wish, I, I do wish that it was more like, let's see the whole Joe. Like, let's get a big old invasion force, and then and then yeah, and then just 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 the the final cliffhanger, just b bigger stakes. That's all. But you know, otherwise, I, honestly, kudos though. It's amazing. It's an amazing feat. What other licensed property has gone this far? I... <laughs> I can't think of a licensed property that got 300 consecutive issues. Yeah. I don't see Star Wars 300 anytime soon. Yeah. You know, they're probably the closest, right? Transformers certainly never did a consecutive run of 300 stories in the same universe. No. And Lord knows they would just... And the Star Wars, I mean, you think... Of, I mean, Star Wars, you think, of, well, you know, maybe. 
There's just probably because of all been, the Dark Horse stuff. Yeah, there's, but 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 they've been rebooted so many times in different yeah, universes. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like there's I said, that's that, hundred Star Wars books easily, but not oh, not second oh yeah, yeah. ones. Right. There's a, yeah. There's absolutely a lot more actual issues of it, but it's not um, the only same universe, same is, stories. Is, is Marvel's run on Conan the Barbarian? Ooh, that is true. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. No, that is actually a really good one. That ran over 300 issues with Marvel. It did. Yeah. It's a really good point. Plus, plus, uh, you'd have to absolutely include like King Conan and Savage Sword because yeah. that was the same continuity all the and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, yeah. That, totally. That'd be it. That's a really good company. Yeah. It's a great company Come to be in. You Conan. <laughs> How did Marvel lose Conan again? Wait, they they didn't lose him again, did they? Yeah. Still, they wait, like currently right now. I believe uh, the the property is about to flip over to like um, is it Titan or something? Are you shitting me? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they made such like... a big deal. Of, they made such a big deal of integrating them into their universe. And yeah, now and nothing. they've had it like two years. It's like yeah. what, you're out again. They were going really? to pair them up with all of Rom's old buddies. Oh, I love Conan Rom. Conan and the and the torpedo. Yeah, I love Rom. That's oh, I actually I didn't hear that. I, I know, I know he got written out of the Savage Avengers, which I was. That's I that's wasn't why. reading the. Yeah, I. Yeah, I enjoyed him in the Savage. I liked the Savage Avengers stuff. I thought it was pretty good. Also means that probably you know you probably want to buy a copy of. Uh, um. Was it is it Avengers like No Way Home or something like that? That one storyline, but basically brought him yeah, back. Yeah, probably yeah, get a copy yeah. of that real quick. Well, you also pro- re- actually pick up the uh, omnibus omnibuses because then those are going to go out of print again. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the move. At least, at least for Marvel, they'll go out. You know, Titan yeah, or will try and. Oh, I guess they could, yeah, because didn't Dark Horse Dark Horse did Dark, Dark Horse, Horse publish the Marvel? Yeah, Dark okay, Horse did okay. Marvel. yeah. I don't yeah. know if they ever finished it, but. Yeah, they certainly I, did like the Barry Windsor Smith and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I like Conan, but it's just it's a lot of the same. Yeah, I lose, I tend to lose interest after a couple of adventures. So, to come back to GI Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you guys just tuned into just a regular phone. This is just a phone call three three dudes talking comics. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike's trying to keep on track, and then of course we're just like going yeah, whatever. <laughs> How about Captain Carrot? I almost bought a I almost bought a a, a a a cull. I almost bought the cull omnibus at like Comic Con last week. I should have probably grabbed it. It was half off. What uh, what <laughs> plot point or what development didn't happen at IDW that you would like to see the next publisher pick up? Rack time, Rob. Um, <laughs> an ending to those stupid robots. <laughs> Okay, he ain't lying. He's he's uh he's down on revanche. Yeah, which yeah. I, I have to admit that that is the most fun thing about them is saying the name revanche. But uh, Joe Slepsky, same, well, same question, but you know can't can't I I can't I can't repeat that answer because that absolutely would be it. Um, I actually would. So what plotline did they didn't pick up on? Or what would you like to see happen? What would I like to see happen? Less ninjas. Well, yeah. Less less ninjas. I, honestly, let's let's get back to more of the team. You know, uh, you know, sh- shipwreck and mutt and junkyard and spirit and roadblock and and whoever new you know, the new people are fine too. You know, um, right. but more more team based adventures. That's that's my goal. Like I don't care about that old lady ninja and her handbag with a brick in it. <laughs> I don't. 
I don't. She's fine. Oh, she yeah. is a fun character, but like her running around the. It was just back to Ninja Force. I that stuff I don't care about. I want to read about like I like the team stuff. I, I do. I, I thought that there was a, a pretty good balance just in this last story with you know between the ninja and the team. You figure you had to have some of the ninja clan involved because the oh. underlying point is Snake Eyes totally back in. So of course it's going to bring that element in. Totally, yeah, totally. It's just like for the last couple of years, but you know what? It also brought in you know the rest of the team because of the camaraderie they had with Snake Eyes too. So correct, correct. Yeah, I thought it was a good balance of this in this yeah. series. Yeah, and this I, last I, one, like I said, you know, Snake Hunt, uh, Snake Hunt could have been. Yeah. So yeah. So that's Not that's high on that's Snake it. Hunt, much higher on this last storyline. Yeah, and and you would think that I don't know. You just would think that they'd want to have them build out more characters because then that makes it more characters for people to be interested to collect. You know, I, I but really, you know, kids aren't kids aren't reading this book anyway, so yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. I, I really think there needs to be a special mission style book running. Mm. I, I think. It, fans out there who are buying the main title would buy a team-based special missions type title too. Totally. Do not run two parallel Joe universes though. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know if they're strong nope. enough. I don't know if Joe's a strong enough property to handle that anymore. No. Do if you want to have fun with it. I think. I think IDW should have done more stuff like Saturday Morning Adventures. Yeah. Sure. You know, more well, mini series. Yeah. Have fun with it. They should have done a lot more of that over the years, 100% that, but do them as, as miniseries, not necessarily as, you know, just a running continuity alongside No, it. I it's, think that, yeah, that's the perfect format for that type I, of... I, I honestly would have liked to have seen uh, the, the, the Paul Aller book get a good two-year run in it, though. Yeah, I enjoyed that book. Was, that, would, that would be my... A... I, wanted, I wanted to see more of what went on there. Like, if you think about it, that book essentially ran for 10 issues and then a big trade at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Snake Eyes was in one panel. Yeah. Hey, that's the one that got really crippled by COVID, right? Unfortunately. Wasn't that? That was that was, that was interrupted by it. COVID. I, it was part I of it. And I think just IDW's just inability to maintain any kind yeah. of focus on anything for longer than a year. I, I, yeah. think, I think it was more that it didn't jive with the movie. Oh, interesting. I think, I think the lack of success for Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and the fact that that book had very little to do with Snake Eyes at all meant that they couldn't dedicate any resources to it. Well, the other the other problem with that book, and, and I, I get why you do it, because you are running a, an alt continuity, so you do want a visual difference from the main title, is the, but the problem with any of these books that want you to care about the characters in their personal lives you don't the readers don't know who they are they need to be in an identifiable costume you know it's right. it's they they have to be because there's very very few artists that are able to uh, hit facial features that match from panel to panel so you can you know your brain can kind of absorb yeah. and, and understand who it is so and there's there's certainly not I don't I don't think many of those artists are working at IDW. No no shade. It's just it's a fact, you know. Um so very few artists in the history of comics can really do costumeless I mean, look look at look at all John Burns' faces. Right. You 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 could take those faces off and put them on anyone's face, really. Yeah. Versus the dumbs. 
could yeah, the Adams yeah. faces were unique and distinct. Burns are like looked amazing, but they were very cookie cutter. But that's okay I, because I the X Men look, look like the X Men. I can't look at any panel that John Byrne draws that has kids in it because when he draws kids, they look like tiny adults, and it's scary. It's a horror show. It's like he's always doing the the what was that movie with the little girl, the older girl that pretended to be a, a nine year old adopted girl, the little choker collar. She murdered, uh, then she murders her adopted yeah. parents. You guys know the little little European girl. It's called like Anna or something. That's what Burns children look like. They look like right. 40 year old. Really babies. big heads, really big eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but you know what I'm saying, though. So if you're doing a G.I. Joe comic book, you have to have them in the costumes. It's just, it doesn't work without costumes. Sure. I, sure. I mean, yeah. And, and I think even for like, you know, like the new designs on classified figures and stuff like that, you have to hit. You can update it, but you still need you need certain yeah. identifiable design elements for each character that has 100%. been there. Yeah. There's got to be something to pull it together. Yes, I think those figures are too similar to what we got 30 years ago on the whole. But you're also correct, Rob. I think there there, there needs to be something to pull it to what we identify those characters with. There. I think that's at least twice, maybe three times tonight, Rob. That Mike said you were correct. It happens. I, look, I'm on a roll. I'm good for. I mean, I'm good for you. Buy a lottery ticket. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope you're. <laughs> I hope you're take, keeping score. I keep a Snake Eyes kill count next to my desk for as I, you know every time Snake I visibly know Snake Eyes murdered someone. So uh, you I, should. I, you, I'm, you were I'm busy last couple host. issues, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I'm not that host. I, I give Rob credit all the time. He would. <laughs> he, he would not have been added as the Ringo to the What's on Joe Mind podcast had he <laughs> the guy I thought was a scoop. It's not just nepotism. He really doesn't know more about comic books than I have ever learned. Like he's forgotten more than I've ever learned. So that, I mean it's it, he's got a legitimate a legitimate chair at the table. So, um it's just it's not knowing as half the podcast. We don't all just bag on Ray. No. No. We don't uh, we, like Rob is Rob is legit, or Rob wouldn't be here. I would just continue to to cater to Rob. As, oh yeah, sure. Keep doing keep doing rack time. Anyways, maybe maybe that's how we should bill this one as a rack time special. Oh yeah, there you go, there you go. Special edition. Yeah, of yeah, I, I think rack I think rack, I think rack time gets a lot more interesting if we talk about this stuff rather than just me blather on. So, look, man, it was an audio thing, and I I didn't want to spend a lot of time editing it, so yeah. we had a format. Anyways, oh, this is why I wanted to be on the show because if it was just me blathering by myself for an hour, and if, what am I going to do? Bring my wife in? Have it? She would be like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Maybe. So this is this has been a cathartic conversation. You could explore the origins of the nickname Toiletil. Yeah, <laughs> which bothers me that you call your wife that. <laughs> it was her choice. She she I, chose it. I understand, Joe. I, I know you're not doing this to be cruel. By all appearances. You have a very happy marriage. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're being a dick here. I'm, I'm just saying that this. There's just a very visceral reaction that that happens in me when I hear you refer to your wife as Toiletil, and that's never going to stop. I cannot change that. It's it's not quite acid reflux, but it's it's you know it's in that 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 neighborhood, right? Yeah. It's, just lots of hot babushka play goes on in my house. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now there's a phrase I didn't think I was going to hear. 
Not at least on this side of the Volga River. Uh, not within spitting distance of the Ural Mountains. Outstanding. Oh my god. I think we found our clip for, for TikTok. There we go. We may, hey, look, we may have found a new subtitle for this episode. Yeah. Hey. Special edition 80, Hot Babushka Action. There we go. It's uh that's uh we got that all in a minute and a half. That is perfect for Instagram. Oh perfect. <laughs> wow. The Polish the Polish Anti-Defamation League on my ass. Right. That's oh, all we man. need. Yeah, it's, it was slapsky ski. It ends in a it's ski. It ends in a ski. It was all slapsky. It was slapsky. My dad's oh, nickname. Me, my, I got nobody. My dad's nickname is Ski because he was literally the only Polish guy in the neighborhood. It was a bunch of Italians and Irishmen. He was the only Polish guy in his neighborhood, so they could comfortably yell "Hey, Ski!" and only one guy's head would turn. Yeah. <laughs> That had to be what it was like for Grandma. It was either, either going to be him or Jean-Claude Keeley. Anyway. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, we're a mess. It's... Right. <laughs> we, we, are the, we are the classic American mutt. Um, but, but part of that one branch of the family is, is Lithuanian. Oh. As, Which means as, there's probably some you know, other stuff in there. there there's, there's definitely somebody who would answer to a ski. Well, I learned uh, late in my grandpa's life. He started. Uh, he started like he was. He was. You know, his getting his brain was going a little bit. He started ta- bad mouthing his doctor, saying that oh, Lithuanian. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, oh yeah, there's there's, there's oh troubles there with the pole. Yeah. Meanwhile, my my absolute favorite teacher of all time, before my fourth grade teacher, uh, Mrs. Erba, she was Lithuanian. She, like escaped, like fled World War II, like as a youth, yeah. like amazing woman. So I've always loved the yeah, Lithuanians, like the Russians. Yeah, like I, I've always had this, and she was she really appreciated her culture, a thick accent. I've always loved it. So, like you know, fast forward twenty some years, and my grandpa's going on and on about how much he doesn't trust Lithuanians, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute, right? I've always enjoyed the people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, grandma's maiden name Chernowski. So you know. there you go. <laughs> That's the Lithuanian part. Right. So yeah, that's uh that's um border issues there as there often are. Uh, sure. In the, the Europeans uh world. It's gonna it's gonna happen. The country you like the least is the one that's right next to you. Fucking Canada. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of our border issues with Canada. <laughs> more like all, more like all of Canada's border issues with us, frankly. Yeah, no no shit. Uh, you know, I, I'm always reminded of the one joke of uh, from Rocky and Bullwinkle, where the Musylvania storyline, where Musylvania is this island on the border of the U.S. and Canada, uh, you know, and it's a, a point of some contention with the U.S. claiming it's part of Canada and Canada claiming it's part of the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> this island was such a hole that nobody wanted it. That's like, uh, that's like Indiana and Illinois with Chicago. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like Southern Illinois with Chicago. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, I mean, Illinois, sh- wants, 
wants to give Chicago to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Indiana wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Chicago drives that state. Yeah, very much. For, and, 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 thank, and, they, and thank and the God. Of, and the rest of that state resents it greatly. Yeah, and yeah. thank God for that. As opposed to Indiana, where basically they make sure Indianapolis gets nothing. Right. Right. They go out of their way. Yeah. But with that that's a whole other. Yeah, now we're really off topic. Long yeah. that's, on, that's on you. Right. That's Rob's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 political me. science over there. <laughs> That's that's the that's the podcast you could host with former host Gary Godso right there. There we go. That's that's what we need. That's what nobody needs. Hey, anyway, we have fun. <laughs> Anyways, uh, closing it up. Um, Joe Slepsky, your choice, your your guest. Uh, when do we see issue three hundred one, and who's it going to be from? Um, I think it's going to be from Skybound, and uh, I think I. Where my brain is at is contractually they can't announce it until uh, 23. Right. And previews works three months ahead. So I would imagine at the earliest April 23, you know, like it would be in the January previews. Right. Um, so maybe April, maybe May of 23, I would imagine. That's that's my guess. Right time, Rob. Yeah, I, the, all of the smoke seems to be coming from around Skybound rumors. So, right, I'm, if, I'm if thinking that's where the fire is. But even though it's not official, so yeah, if the Hollywood yeah. Reporter feels confident enough to throw that conjecture on their site, then it probably is. Yeah, and I imagine the the hubbub over it is more about the live action aspect of the properties. Than it is about the comic book stuff. Well, doesn't if Skybound takes it over, Skybound, who you know, or Robert Kirkman will say, who you know comes off walking as all that stuff. Don't you think that Kirkman would be interested in developing this some of this stuff, uh, you know, for more than just comic books? I would hope he would be looking. Yeah, and that's and that's something I really hadn't considered coming out of right. Skybound. I, I which would, is which is why yeah. I think someone like Hollywood Reporter picks it up, right. not because of you know like I doubt they announced that Marvel's publishing Conan, right? Yeah, I have a feeling that that's that's the hubbub, and that's also why it's such top secret stuff is because there's a lot more complex deals that are having to happen with Skybound slash Kirkman. Than just yeah, I mean, since Skybound issue three hundred one of GI Joe, yeah, Skybound's got that big fit, that big foot in Hollywood because of Walking Dead, right? And, and you know, Invincible, yeah, you know, yeah, oh yeah, Invincible are, are too, there, right? Are there negotiations that have to happen on the Paramount end? You know, so. correct. Yeah, so I, I, and that's total conjecture, but it makes sense to me that that's why we haven't really heard yeah, I, anything. I don't easy. think I don't think Paramount has anything to do with the animation rights for GI Joe. See. Right. Whereas Skybound would very much be a potential player. That's why I'm kind of hoping it's Skybound because yeah. I think ultimately, if we're not talking comic books, I think the the media for GI Joe is animation. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think. I think so. The live stuff is nice if you do it right, but ultimately it just turns into something else where it's the the cast gets too big and you get the law of diminishing returns and then everybody's crapping on it and we've already seen it. Like we don't need another GI Joe movie reboot, because um, because mm -mm. I think GI Joe fans are too stuck 
in the past on the whole uh, right. to accept any kind of anything new, any kind of changes. But I think if you make something that would appeal to a new audience, like mm -hmm. an animated series or uh, and you pick up some some new fans or some long lapsed fans that are willing to be open to to changes, I think mm -hmm. that, that's a better a better prospect for. Uh, for media going forward, so I, I would love I agree. to see a Skybound GI Joe animation project. Completely agree. Heard, that's why we haven't heard anything. Yes, that's a, that's exactly where I'm coming from. You're exactly right. Uh, and you know, Paramount has anything to do with that? Maybe maybe distribution. Maybe they would have to put that on Paramount Plus or something. But right. But I, I hey, don't we got Paramount Plus. We're all right. <laughs> sure. I mean, you get a 20 minute show with 20 minutes of commercials, and I'm paying for it. So great. Oh, you'd miss your Beavis and Butthead. That's true. <laughs> and your Lower Decks. That's true. Also true. I'm not even a Trek guy, but Lower Decks is great. Lower Decks is pretty outstanding. Joe Slapsky, you got any, any last words? Anything you want to plug? Hint, hint? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, subscribe to my podcast if you want more of this uh, grumpy old man bullshit. Insane uh, blather. Yeah, insane blather. Uh, but yeah, we're we're I'm, I'm freight training it to 155 um i believe i'll hit that the first week of the new year and then after that the show is kind of relaunching and uh it's it's still joe on joe but it's the the format's going to be called you on joe and it's mm. really you and the goal mm. there is to get people mike like rob and all you joe fans and listeners who are mm. super super rabid fans of one show uh, and get you on the show and, and we're going to do it as deep a dive as possible that we can do on that one aspect you know so it's sergeant slaughter okay let's talk sergeant slaughter for 40 minutes um you know it's this one specific issue of the comic book then we'll do that we'll talk about that one issue of the comic book and what that means to you the fan um so i'm excited for it because it's getting me back into doing interviews versus just me reading a comic um so yeah, I'm excited, and I'm looking really look forward to having you on, Mike and Rob. I want to have you on as well. So um, think about what your subject is, because that's the other thing. Like one subject, that's it. Someone hits, uh, I've someone hits one topic, that that topic's gone. Mm, wow. Strangely, I've I've already had two people ask for the same topic, and it's not what you would. It's not like ape. It's not like snake eyes. It's an it's it's oh, it's good, like it's a, still open. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, but like two people ask for the same topic. And it is more of a relational topic. It's more of like a conceptual topic. And I'm like, that's awesome. So I, I'm really excited to dig into that. Well, there you go, folks. That's Joe Slepsky from the Joe and Joe podcast. Subscribe to his show. We'll have all the stuff down. Yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll get links, but links below. Find me on your podcatcher. Send right. me all your, send me all your hate mail. How dare you not like this cliffhanger book? <laughs> yeah. For the record, I liked it. It just, yeah, it's just it's, it's just it, uh, back in the day when you had the big anniversary issue, it wrapped something up. Yeah, and it's leaving to, the publisher. Yeah, yeah, and it's as opposed to leaving something very open ended and leaving the publisher. Yep. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> so let's circle back to the beginning. Right. Oh. It's, <laughs> We're so close to wrapping up. That's we just. <laughs> all right. Great. We'll no, you guys up. are the best. Thank you, thank you for letting, thank you for letting me uh, commandeer and do a special episode with you guys. I hope it was fruitful. 
Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Anytime we can, anytime we can uh, con other people into writing bonus content. Because <laughs> really, no, nobody watches our bonus content. So, um, or relative, well, say nobody. But listen, if this if this visage doesn't get more viewers, then I don't. Then fuck YouTube. Just destroy it. <laughs> Throw it out with garbage. And people I, don't want to. People don't want to look at this. I, Put it in the, tr- the same trash heap as Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said it from the pre-show. So maybe if you showed a little bit more, a little bit more skin. What this this isn't enough? I'm not talking <laughs> him, skin. Wrong kind of skin, Joe. They all they all associate with that a little too much. <laughs> not not everyone can have the lush locks of the Irizarry oh, boys. Man, so jealous. Lush. Now, having said that, it will fall out on our pillow tonight. Yeah. I know. yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, it's like a it's like a Lex Luthor wig. <laughs> That's why I had to put the sweatshirt on. That is the hey is the he robs the camera off. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got. Thanks for watching us here on Special Edition eighty. Uh, for my my guest Joe Slepsky, for my co-host Racktime Rob, I'm Mike Irizarry. Everybody have a great rest of the night or rest of the day whenever you're watching this. Whatever. Uh, we ain't doing it live, whatever. I, I it might be. It might be Christmas morning. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I don't know when you're listening. God bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. As Happy Fourth of July. As our friend they God Happy says, stay, stay safe. You can't be careful. Have a great rest of the night, Yo Joe. <laughs> Hey, Daddy, I'm going to punch your mama in the mouth. Very progressive, that Jackie Gleason character. Oh, my God. You looked, uh, you sounded mm, taller on the radio. You for T Justice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she was uh, walking down, down that aisle. No, uh, she was prancing down that aisle. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we've lost Joe. He's, he's, in, he's in jail. We've land. lost the G.I. Joe thread. So I guess my point is. <laughs>